Good morning. Good morning. Have your Bibles with you this morning. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 8 first. Verses 4 through 8 first. And before we get started, I want you to repeat after me. Through Christ I can do all things. Ready? One. Through Christ I can do all things. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10, the scripture says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the reading of your word. I pray now, Father, that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses, that we'd be receptive to your word, that we'd take and apply it to our lives, that we may become better disciples of your son, Jesus. I pray, Father, that you'd remove me from this, using me as your humble vessel, speaking your word through me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So the prophet Jeremiah was a young man, and the Lord had come to him and told him what he wanted him to do. And Jeremiah said, I am too young to do this. Too young to do this. So how many of you have ever done something new? Anybody ever done something new? You ever tried something new? How'd it work out for you? How many of you know what pickleball is? Ever heard of pickleball? Well, right after I had my heart attack, Brenda bought this pickleball set and forced me, at least she forced me to go up to the courts at the high school and play pickleball with her. And I was very hesitant because I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to look silly doing it. And there was nobody else up there but me and her. So I decided I would play pickleball with her. And if you stand in one spot and you hit the ball to them and they hit it back, you really don't have to move that much. But before long, you begin to hit the ball where the other person has to move. And before I knew it, Brenda was forcing me to do cardio. I was not very happy. We went about two times and then I decided we didn't go back anymore because it's a lot harder than sitting in a recliner watching westerns. But truthfully about it is, is that I am a professional pickleball player, and I really didn't want to hurt Brenda's feelings by beating her every time. <laughs> Do you think that's true? <laughs> it's not. She's a lot better at it than I am. But when we try something new, because pickleball was really fun, I really enjoyed it. We find out that we can do things if we only try. But when things are harder in life than pickleball, when the Lord asks you to go and do something, we begin to make excuses. Lord, I am not as equipped as someone else. I am not as educated as someone else. Someone else is better at speaking than I am. Someone else is better at taking care of these tasks than I am. But what we have to realize is, is the Lord prepares those whom he calls. Amen. He gives us the words that He wants us to speak. He takes care of us. He gives us the ability to do what He has us to do. 
Therefore, he says to the prophet Jeremiah, he says, do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. He tells Jeremiah, don't be afraid of anybody when I send you out. Verse 9, then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. <coughs> Excuse me. So the Lord says, I'm giving you the strength and the words that I'm giving you to tear down kingdoms. It's going to completely cause chaos because you're going to do what I tell you to do and you're going to set things straight. Because why? We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Amen. 1 Corinthians. No, Luke. Sorry. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verses 21 through 30. Luke chapter 4, 21 through 30. So now we think to ourselves, knowing Jesus Christ as we do, we think how hard it must be for people in biblical times. We think, why did they reject Jesus? They had him face to face. They could see everything that he did. All the miracles that he performed, and yet they still rejected him. And then we see today that people still reject Christ. <coughs> Here in Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 21 we hear of Jesus being rejected. <clears throat> Verse 21, He began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. So at first they were all amazed at the words that came from his lips. They were all amazed how educated and how he spoke with authority when he read the scroll, scroll in the temple. <coughs> Excuse me. But then they begin to say, isn't this just Joseph's son, the carpenter? Isn't this just that plain little old boy that we knew down the road? And now he's, he's standing here before us speaking with authority. Verse 23, Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what you have heard that you, what we have heard that you did in Carpenium. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Jesus said that for this pure reason, for us to understand that when we make a change in our life, our friends are going to look at us differently. If we start working for the Lord and doing things according to God's word, the people that we used to do things with may look at us differently. Then again, glory be to God, they may change themselves and want the same thing you have. But Jesus is saying that a prophet is not welcome in his hometown. Why is that? Because they know him. They know that Jesus was just the son of a carpenter that was in their town. There was nothing really extravagant about him except the fact that he was just the carpenter's son and they've heard these stories of the healing that he has performed. He goes on to say, verse 25, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zephyrim 
in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elijah the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. <coughs> Excuse me. Why did he say this? He said this for this reason. You remember when Jesus said that he came to heal the sick, not the healthy? That's who he came for. That these people, even in Elijah's time, even though they were going through a famine, the widows were being taken care of by their family. So he went to someone else. Just like with Elijah, the lepers was being taken care of by the community. See, we love one another in the community. When one of us hurts, we all hurt. Not just in the church, but in the community itself, in the state itself, in the nation itself, we should love one another. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 28. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. So they went from being extremely happy and then saying, well, he's just the son of Joseph the carpenter. And then now they're all furious because he said, well, they didn't come to help anybody in, in particular in their town. They, they went somewhere else. To the point that verse 29, they got up, drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. They were going to throw him off a cliff. They are going to do away with him. But listen what happens. Verse 30. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. If somebody gathered up and they were going to throw me off a cliff, I very seriously doubt I'm going to be able to just walk through the crowd and go on my merry way. But we're talking about Jesus, right? We're talking about a man who just, he just walked right through the crowd and then moved out of the way and let him go. There was nothing they could do. Now, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. <clears throat> so we talked last week about the gifts that God gives us and how great all these gifts are about being able to uh, translate different languages and so forth and so on. And then we talked about uh, the greater gifts, desire the greater gifts. Chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. And yet let us show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I have, all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy and it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. Love never fails. So what is it that we have in God? We have love through Jesus Christ. The same love that called the prophet Elijah to go forth and to give helping and healing hands to those in need. 
The same love to the prophet Elijah that went to the lepers to offer healing in another hometown. Not his own, but someone else. The same love that God lavished on us through his son Jesus that he sent to us, the Gentiles, that we may have salvation and have it to the fullest. Verse 8, it says, Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We can only know what God would allow us to know because if we know everything, I don't think we can comprehend it. So like I said, we only are looking at a reflection. But at one point in time, we will know fully everything that God has for us to know. But this is what is very important. Verse 13. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We've got to have faith that Jesus is going to return in all of his glory. We've got to have hope that God is going to give us the strength that we need to do all these things. And we've got to have love in order to love others as Christ first loved us. We've got to be able to spread the word of God to a lost and dying world. Not just in our churches. Not just in our community. Not just in our state, in our world, but everywhere we've got to share the love of Christ. Without love, we are nothing. But through Christ Jesus, we can do all things. Thank you.